Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Dr. Selassie, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast once again, my friend. Thank you, Tom, my friend. <laughs> it's nice to see you again. Yeah, it's always great to see you. Let's talk about, today we're going to talk about knowing your endocannabinoid system that leads to a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, let's talk about it, if we can say it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's just dive in. What is the endocannabinoid system? Okay, well, you know, um, all of us have what's called an endocannabinoid system. We, we haven't really, we don't know a whole lot about it or we haven't really discussed it much. Um, I'm sure that um, your medical doctor never talked to you about the endocannabinoid system uh, because it's all fairly, fairly new information that we're finding. And just like you have a set of hormones and you have, you know, hormones like in the reproductive system, you have what's called the endocannabinoid system. And the endocannabinoid system is a system of receptors. And these receptors are lined up. Receptors meaning, I just think of them as sort of like little Pac-Man, if you're old enough to know who Pac-Man right. is. Little um, you know, mouths maybe all over your body, like um, in your brain, in your gut, in your bones, in your muscles, in your skin, in your digestive tract, in your, you know, in your reproductive system. And these little Pac-Men receive endocannabinoids, which are, are basically uh, ligands or substrates that sit into these receptors, you know? So it's like those little white balls that Pac-Man eats. And when, and when you have these receptors fulfilled with endocannabinoids, then it creates um, a reaction, uh, a chemical reaction. And what the endocannabinoid system is in charge of doing is bringing the body back to homeostasis. And the best way I can explain homeostasis is it's that part, it's that perfect state of balance, no matter what is going on outside or within your body. So right now I'm just sitting in a perfectly temperature controlled room and you know my heart is just beating just so and my uh, organs and vital organs are doing everything they need and I'm in balance. And if I went outside and decided I was going to sprint a hundred yards and let's say it's 98 degrees out there and I'm slightly dehydrated, then the body is going to have to do a whole bunch of other stuff to bring me back into balance at that state. Okay. So that's what the endocannabinoid system does, but so many different things can cause us to get out of balance, like our mental health, stress, you know, and, and the uh, pain. And the endocannabinoid system brings us back to that place. Yeah, that's basically how I would describe it in a way that I hope is understandable. Yeah, that's a very good explanation of homeostasis is, is getting just to that a normal state. Yeah. In a healthy state. 
Right. Which a lot of us are out of because of stress and other things. Absolutely. But why? I guess the interesting part is, is that with this system, it was like in school, we were taught about other systems in our body, circulatory, respiratory, urinary, reproductive, muscular, nervous system, endocrine system, lymphatic, but never about this endocannabinoid system. Why? I mean, it's kind of weird that just because it's been there all our lives. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why we have not really studied about the endocannabinoid system is there's the word cannabinoid in there, which is named after a very infamous, maybe is the right word, maybe not notorious. My language would it be for would be like actually amazing, (laughs) but it's named after this amazing or you know, however way you want to describe it, plant called cannabis. And most of us know about the cannabis plant. Most of us know the name of the cannabis plant to be marijuana. So this plant, the cannabis plant has been put into, it's been put in the class as a drug. It's been labeled a drug and it's, in my viewpoint, it's been persecuted because to me, it's not a drug. To me, it's a plant. And this plant is, is, has not caused deaths like alcohol has caused deaths. It's not called deaths, caused deaths like heroin um, has caused deaths um, or opioids, which is pharmaceutical uh, painkillers. It has not, there's been no known deaths caused by this. There's been no known terrible ailments or sickness caused by this, like, you know, alcoholism can cause fetal alcohol syndrome. It can cause chronic liver disease. Heroin can, um, and, or crack cocaine can cause mental disorders. Cannabis has not done any of this. Synthetic cannabis on the other hand has, but not, can't, not the cannabis plant. And so the cannabis plant actually, I think has a a ton of healing properties. And actually, I think the most of the studies on the cannabis plant originated because scientists or maybe government agencies were actually trying to figure out what is wrong, you know, like prove that it's this horrendous, horrific drug. But then they added, they actually found out that it is a very important plant and it can support what's called the endocannabinoid system. So the endocannabinoid system was named after this plant. Now, the endocannabinoid system exists independent of this plant. But because we have this system that the plant interacts with, then now ingesting this plant or using this plant can actually be really supportive in our health. Mm. You know, and, and... When I really think about like the history of the United States, for example, in Virginia, farmers during uh, World War II, farmers were really encouraged to grow hemp, which is, um, so there's the cannabis plant and there's really two types. I mean, I'm talking very generally and, and farmers have actually breeded the plant. So there's no more like strong lines anymore, but there's the cannabis plant and there's generally two strains. One is cannabis um, sativa, which is the hemp plant, which grows like a weed. And it doesn't have, you can't really get, you can't get high off of the hemp plant. The hemp plant 
does not have the flowering buds that produce what's called THC. And THC is that constituent of this plant that causes you to have a euphoric high, right? Hemp does not have that constituent. And then there's cannabis indica, which is in general the marijuana flowering plant that does have THC. But now there's been so much different breeding and stuff, uh, farmers working with this plant that you can have, you know, this marijuana um, cannabis indica plant that doesn't have any THC in it. But another constituent that it has is what's called CBD. And CBD is um, cannabidiols that actually support the endocannabinoid system. Um, but anyway, back to what I was saying, you know, hemp used to grow in this country. In fact, they're like George Washington um, grew hemp, like several presidents grew hemp on their land. They grew this plant. Um, they often grew this plant next to tobacco fields. I forget why, something about the insects probably um, competing with each other. I think uh, one set of our dollar bills might have been made out of this plant. Flags, like they say, like the first and the second flag was made out of hemp. I think that we were around this plant a lot, much the same way now if you look around, even we look around your office, Tom, there's plastic something somewhere, right? Just right. like my office, like I have a plastic I don't know, pen holder. I have plastic on the outside of my printer. I have plastic even on my screensaver. So we, just like we interact with plastics and plastics are affecting, especially um, the estrogen reproductive system. It's an endocrine disruptor. I think we were around this plant a lot more. We were touching the plant. We were eating animals that were fed off of hemp. And we got more of these endocannabinoids in our diet and in our life and, you know, on our skin through our clothing. And that's been completely sort of removed from our society because, I mean, there's lots of politics, like the logging companies rather use logs for paper. You know, they, the people that own the paper companies own the logging <laughs> companies right. and stuff like that. So basically... Um, I think a lot of us are out of balance and that's why endo, that's why cannabinoids supporting our endocannabinoid system. That's why every, basically what I'm getting to is now there's sort of this craze. Everybody's in love with CBD and it's, I think actually it's because we've sort of been deficient in it for some time. We have a system that's ready and available to interact with cannabis and we just haven't. And so I think all of us might be, this is maybe theoretical, but we might actually all be somewhat deficient. And that's why everybody is loving it because they're taking it and they're getting out of pain and they're feeling less anxiety and they're feeling like they can sleep better. And, you know, it's really seems like it is the panacea because it's so connected to the system we have in our bodies. So we have the endogenous cannabinoids inside of our body. Uh-huh. And what we just talked about, the CBD, which are ex, ex, exogenous, exogenous cannabinoids. Yeah. And just for your listeners out there, endo meaning made inside your body and exo, exogenous cannabinoids made outside your body. So a lot of us have, until this recently, when CBD has become so popular, we're just relying on endogenous 
cannabinoids in our body? Yeah, so most of us rely, relying on endogenous cannabinoids, and some of us might not have enough. Which has been a problem. And plus, some of the, the endogenous ones, if our body is unhealthy, aren't going to produce as much as they should. And it's right. also going to add to more or less homeostasis within our body. Right. And you know what's interesting is, is I talked about exogenous cannabinoids almost as if you're providing more of those little white pellets for Pac-Man. But what it really does is it doesn't have the exogenous, maybe I'm talking too deeply into this, but the exogenous cannabinoids don't actually sit very well in the receptors, but they increase your endogenous cannabinoids. All right. What are the two receptors? we got a CB1 and a CB2. Yeah. So in general, the CB1 receptors sit in your brain and your gut and the CB2 receptors sit Um, everywhere else. Okay. Yeah. And so both of these need support, you know, and, and I think it's interesting that the CB1 is in the brain and the gut because with a lot of the also newer research that we've discovered in the last 20 years, we really realize that there's this huge gut brain connection and that your gut is really like a second brain. So I know that the endocannabinoid system must really have a role in this, in that gut brain connection. So let's talk about what exactly does the endocannabinoid system do and what parts of our body it affects. Okay, so like I said, there's receptors everywhere. So it's really affecting us almost everywhere. So one key place that it affects us with is inflammation. So, you know, there's like some theories that inflammation is the whole reason for any disease, the whole reason for aging. And we know that cannabinoids have an anti-inflammatory effect. So it can support many things, including pain, because usually where there's inflammation, there's pain. Um, It can, because it supports inflammation, it can support us with better brain health, you know, pain in the digestive tract. So like stomach issues, IBS and, and uh, things like that. And, and me and you, we did a show on fibromyalgia. Right. And I don't think we even mentioned um, CBD, but it can help. It might be able to help people who have chronic pain and inflammation and, and issues like that. Irritable bowel syndrome, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, fibromyalgia, migraine headaches. Uh, things like that, because it supports that that anti-inflammatory, anti-pain, you know, pathways in the brain, pain perception. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also help with moods, like mental health. So it can support people who are dealing with depression or anxiety or insomnia. There's not been too much research on attention deficit disorder, but you might hear about parents who feel like it's really helping to support their child. You know, appetite, we're like something like THC, which is the part of the plant that has those euphoric, makes you feel high kind of properties, also gives you what's called the munchies. (laughs) (laughs) CBD might actually suppress your appetite a little bit or not make your appetite so large. What else? I mean, there's so much. Yeah, it's interesting because CBD with THC, you go grab a bag of nachos with CBD and you kind of just sit there and chill. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And so like people who can't sleep, people who get anxious, you know, it plays a role in everything. It even has a role in conception. It, it seems to have a role with breastfeeding mothers and like when they, when a breastfeeding mother knows that they have this baby that, you know, it plays on that instinct, that mother and child instinct, sort of like oxytocin is a hormone that makes the mom feel love. And then she makes more milk or she gives birth and then she wants to feed her baby. Well, when she knows that she has to feed her baby, her you will release these endocannabinoids and then the baby gets it through the milk and then the baby feels, guess what? Steady, secure. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's really and interesting. I think, I think stress, it plays a huge role in stress because all, all of us, I think, in this society right now are stressed. And even if you're like one of those people that just says, oh, well, I don't stress too much. I, t- I take it easy. I don't let anything bother me too much. Like maybe you're good emotionally, but try like, Try like the climate change that you're exposed to or try like seasonal allergies or um, commuting. These things cause stress on our bodies, like physical bodies, weather changes, you know, toxicities in the environment that you might not consider stress because you don't feel emotional about it. Does it mean you're not stressed? Down here in Georgia, we get the uh, pollen season really bad. Yeah. Like it, we actually get like a coating of yellow on the ground. Which, yeah. And it causes everybody to have some kind of reaction. Yeah, totally. Even in New York, you think there's a lot less trees here, but on the tree, on the cars, you see it like a dusting. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting because down here, I remember when I was selling cars and during the spring and the air would dry, my, I would wear a white shirt and a tie. By the end of the day, my shirt was yellow. Whoa. That's yeah. how bad it was. Well, that's a stress on your body because your body, your lungs have to filter that. Even if you're a person who doesn't react so negatively to pollen, you still have to filter all of that through your lungs, through your eyelashes, through your mouth, all of that. What I find interesting is all this has been covered by, unless you're taking CBD, all this has been covered by the endogenous cannabinoids. Yeah. And those, yeah. what are those two and where are they produced? The two endogenous cannabinoids yeah. are anandamide and arachidonoglycerol. And they're mostly found in the fat of our cell walls. You know, sometimes people have, don't have enough. Like, for example, if you have pain, you, you probably use up all of your endocannabinoids. Like, earlier as you start to manage your pain, you use it all up. Um, if you are a chronic marijuana smoker, and I know some of some people out there are, um, that is actually using up your CBD, your endocannabinoid receptors. You know, there's just so many, there's so many reasons why you might not have enough. You know, and and, and there's actually something called endocannabinoid deficiency. Uh, which was first coined or discovered or or proposed as a theory by Dr. Ethan Russo. And what he states is that there's a trio. Like if you have the symptoms of migraine headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, and fibromyalgia, 
then you might have a severe clinical, he'll call it a clinical endocannabinoid system because at this point is actually showing up, or I'm sorry, clinical endocannabinoid deficiency because it's actually showing up in your body and manifesting as a, as a, as disease. What else is interesting to me is that since we need this CBD, and a lot of the supplement companies are starting to jump on the bandwagon, produce it. Like Thorn is, came out with their brand of CBD. Yeah. And so yeah. it's becoming readily more available. And I remember trying to promote when I was selling CBD through my website, and I was trying to promote, let's say, a post on my Facebook page. Facebook would actually not allow me to post, would deny my post or my advertise, paying them to advertise my post on the Facebook because I was selling CBD. Because yeah. until recently, CBD is now legal in all 50 states, correct? Correct. I mean, the it, CBD is legal on the shelves as long as it has 0.3% or less of THC. So CBD is absolutely legal. It's, it's really, all of this on CBD is happening now. And supplements daily are, I mean, supplement companies daily are looking to jump in because it seems to really be helping a lot of people. And sure, there's always like a whole bunch of hype about the latest supplement. I remember like at one time it was Moringa and another time it was Noni and another time it was Krill Oil. I mean, there's always sort of like the supplement of the of the month, you know, <laughs> CBD is definitely proving to be like super supplement of the month. But I think that why we're seeing such a craze is because there has been sort of this taboo and persecution, political issues all around this plant. And this is what we're sort of seeing the effects of it. Like it's been suppressed and now it's just coming out and everybody who's always loved the plan is now like able to shout about it from the mountaintops without going to jail, to be quite honest. So I think we're really, we're really seeing that now. It's, it's on all levels. It's like physically helping in the body, but it's emotional too, you know, and it's political and it's <laughs> affecting our, you know, politics and our government, you know. And now for a little general housekeeping. If you are enjoying this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would go to whatever app you are listening to this on and rate and review the show and share it with your friends. Thank you very much. Now, if you've been listening to my episodes for the last couple of years, you'll know that I key on gut health quite frequently in my episodes because honestly, gut health is king. And pretty much all disease begins in the gut, as Hippocrates said back in 420 BC. So that's a reason I key on gut health quite frequently, because if you're trying to do something simple is just lose weight, your gut health is key. So I have been developing a gut health cheat sheet over the last few months for you to download. And you can obtain this gut health cheat sheet by texting the word gut health, two words, gut health, to 773-770-4377. 
Again, gut health to 773-770-4377. Thank you. And I hope you continue to enjoy this episode and make it a great day. One thing that's interesting is what, to me at least, is it's now it's become so popular that a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon for CBD, a lot of companies. And there's also been companies along for, that have been around for a long time producing CBD. Right. So we got to be careful. Right. That's, what I was gonna, of, that's where I was yeah. going. Well, how do we know as a consumer what is good CBD and what is bad CBD? Yeah, so this is this is a good, a very good question, excellent question, and I just want to refer to a study that was done at the University of Pennsylvania in 2017. So not too long ago, they took 84 random, they bought 84 random CBD products from the internet. So in 2017, researchers from the University of Pennsylvania bought 84 CBD products from off of the internet. Um, they just took random samples, and of those 84 CBD per products, 70%, 70, <laughs> that's huge, 70% were mislabeled, meaning they contained either more or less CBD than they said there was on the bottle, and that some of them contained, I think it was like 32% or 46%, I, that, that'll take me a while to look up, but somewhere between 30 and like 46%. Contained more than the 0.3% THC that was legally allowed in the product. Mm. So, CBD might be very safe, but the product that you buy might not have enough CBD, or it might have too much CBD than it says, or it might actually have more THC in it. So, you might take it, let's say it had THC in it, and you take it and you feel, I mean, THC can make you feel euphoric, but it can also make you feel a little paranoid for some people. So maybe you take it and instead of it helping you with your anxiety, it's actually making you more anxious because you feel paranoid. That's a possibility. Or maybe you're really a candidate for CBD. Let's say you have that clinical endocannabinoid deficiency with the, with the um, fibromyalgia and the migraines and the irritable bowel syndrome, and you're hoping that CBD can be your answer. And then you take some and it doesn't help you at all, but that's because the product you got had less CBD in it than you thought. And you probably need more CBD than most people because you have that clinical endocannabinoid deficiency, then you're just going to say, oh, well, this CBD stuff doesn't work, but really maybe it's your answer. Wow. You know, so there's, there's some issues out there right now because people are, people are making money off of this. And whenever people are making money, more people want to cash in. And there's some people that have like their hearts and their... Yeah brains 100% behind this and they want to get the plan out there and help with the healing of the nations. But then there's other people that are just like, wow, let's make a quick buck. They don't care if it's CBD or crackers or like, you know, um, beanie babies or Rubik's cubes. Like they're just going to sell it and they're just going to try and create a product so that they can sell it and they'll just do anything. And, you know, they're already making what's called synthetic CBD where it's, um, so you can isolate CBD so it looks like a powder mm-hmm. and um, they can make it synthetically and it also looks like a powder. So, but we don't know if synthetic CBD has negative side effects or, or what. 
you know, and then, you know, there's also, you know, you'd like to get CBD made domestically here in this country because there's more likelihood of the CBD being from an organic and clean source versus when you get CBD from outside of this country, there are already genetically modified hemp plants. So GMOs. So mm-hmm. it's tough. Um, I'm also creating my own CBD brand because I'm very, very concerned about these things. I really think this plant can help heal. And just like a naturopath, well, I am a naturopath, right, right, right. <laughs> but we naturopathic doctors, I think we're always very, very concerned about making sure our patients get very good quality supplements because if they go to their local pharmacy and get a bad, you know, generically made supplement with terrible binders and fillers and then they don't get better, then it's our reputation on the line. Now, this plant already has had a you know, terrible time throughout the last few decades, its reputation completely ruined. People sent and persecuted, sent to jail. Some people still in jail these days, even though it's being legalized everywhere. People killed over this plant. And then there's going to be somebody making a fake CBD bottle. And then let's say I found it and thought, oh, yeah. I should give this to my patient and then they actually don't get better. Like that's, I really don't want to be a part of that. I really only want to be a part of high quality therapeutic CBD products that might, you know, to help people. So what I'm doing now is I'm actually, I like that there's some supplement companies that have been, so some of the supplement companies that I prescribe to my patients are, And you mentioned one brand, but I don't love to mention brands when I'm on podcasts or radios. But like, for example, the one brand that you mentioned (laughs) is made in an FDA approved facility. Uh, There's naturopaths that help formulate their products. They're excellent, an excellent, excellent company. And like I said, because they've been in the industry for a long time, then I know that their CBD that they're going to create is not going to be made in somebody's kitchen sink. It's going to be CBD that they're going to go and try and get it from a reputable source, just like they get all their other brands. So, you know, the brand that I use in my private practice, same thing. They've been in the supplement industry for 32 years, and now they're doing this other chapter of their company that's just focused on CBD. And they're very interested in quality. Like they will go out to meet the farmers. They have their raw material, third-party checked and analyzed and the final product third party checked and analyzed and then they put it on the market because their reputation is what's at stake. I know people that are like, oh, I went to the farmer's market on my trip to Denver and there was this sweet, you know, young hippie girl making her own CBD products and I really liked her energy. So I bought it. Okay, well, listen, I'd probably go and meet that sweet little nature girl, hippie girl, and maybe her and I would like hit it off and be friends. And if she's thinking about college, maybe I'd encourage her to think about naturopathic medicine because she's like a roots herbalist. But would I use her CBD? Probably not. You get it? I'd probably love her energy too. But, you know, 
Where do people, where can consumers go to find a reliable source of CBD? Is there like some place that tests these for us? Okay, so one thing that you'll want to want to do is you can call the companies and ask them for a certificate of analysis. Okay. Okay, so a certificate of an analysis is going to show them does it have less than 0.3% THC? Does it have CBD in it? And what milligram amount of CBD is in it? And it even will test the carrier oil. Like sometimes the carrier oil is hemp or coconut oil or MCT oil, or I've seen grapeseed oil and olive oil. And they'll even test for pesticides. So you'll know, is this really organic or not? And they'll even test for fungus or molds that may have grown on the plant or in the material. And, you know, you just want to see. So like if you have a 1500 milligram bottle, then you'd want the certificate of analysis say that it also has the 15 milligram amount and that, you know, there's no pesticides, no fungus, no GMOs detected. Um, And then you also want to be careful because, there's some companies out there and they have one certificate of analysis. Um, they've got one thing tested once and then they've made batches and batches and batches afterwards. So every batch should be tested. You know, it's not like every single bottle and every single batch is tested, but at least one bottle from the batch should be tested and there should be a certificate of analysis matching that bottle. And, you know, honestly, you might you know, call up a company and say, hey, I'd really like to see your certificate analysis for this batch. And they might be really straightforward with you and say, well, gosh, our um, certificate of analysis might be hard to obtain. I don't know. They might just tell you something, but you can also tell their vibe or their energy if they're like, certificate of analysis, we don't think that that's very important because we believe in organic products and we're I mean you just have to kind of you just have to be an educated consumer and like listen to what people are saying about their product and you know are they are they saying that it's you know what are they really what are they saying or what are they claiming you know and just try to look through if there's like lots of things in there like if there's dyes or if you need a vaporizer if you if you're using CBD through a vaporizer, you know, there's something called propylene glycol that I guess makes it into this mist, but you don't need it. But propylene glycol is severely toxic to the liver. So you just want to look for things like that. Like, are there additives? You know, are they, you know, just you want to know, like, when did the company start? Did the company start five years ago or did they start, you know, 20, you know, this month? You know, you just want to kind of do your due diligence and shop around and ask the extra questions. And do they have like a customer service office where you can contact? Maybe you call the company and nobody answers, or maybe there's no way to contact the company. There's no, you know, there should be something like a website, an address, an email, a phone number. Before we go today, let's cover some, what is... (laughs) I'm gonna. This is another one I'm gonna butcher. Can that? Oh, I got cannabimimetic. Yeah, this one's tough for me. Um, cannabimimetic. Yes. Cannabimimetic, and I was saying cannabimimetic, but apparently, you know, pronunciation.com says it's cannabimimetics. <laughs> but I've Thank heard all kinds of things. I've heard like people say cannabimimetics, but there's no O in it. So. Right. 
So yeah, tough words. Um, cannabomimetics is really interesting because, you know, in the cannabis plant, there's these amazing things called terpenes, which are in other plants too. And these terpenes are like the resins and they're what makes the plant sticky and they're what makes that, they're things that protect the plant. Um, it's sort of like green tea. When you have baby green tea leaves, they call it white tea. You know white tea, Tom? Right. So white tea, they call it white tea because if you're looking over a field of green tea, when they're buds, when they're early little plants, they actually have these little white hairs on them. So when you look across the field of young green tea leaves or the young green tea plant, it looks white, right? And it's these little hairs that contain like sticky resins and stuff that actually make white tea more antibacterial than a regular green tea. So if you're like fighting a cold and flu, you should drink white tea more than you should drink green tea. But it's the same thing with the cannabis plant. There's these resins or terpenes that are responsible for the smells and things that help protect the plant. So some of them that they've um, identified are like limonene is a terpene in the cannabis plant that you'll also find in lemons. Or um, beta-caryophyll or beta-caryophyll, it's found in the black pepper plant. And then there's like other ones. There's trying to do this off the top of my head, but oh, like lemon balm. So the Melissa plant, there's some terpenes in lemon balm that's also in the cannabis plant. So basically there are some things that can support your endocannabinoid system like lemons, lemon balm, black pepper that have the similar terpenes that enhance the efficacy of of cannabinoids. So you can have these other plants and in a, in a sense, you're mimicking endogenous cannabinoids or you're, or you're supporting your endocannabinoid system by taking some of these other plants. Um, and other things that sort of mimic what cannabinoids would do are things like exercise. No, so we found that exercise can support your endocannabinoid system. So I would say that there's the true definition of cannabimimetics, but there's also what I'm saying, which might not be like the true definition, but it's in a, in a sense, it's mimicking what CBD from the cannabis plant would do. Hmm. So we can do, we can do all those things to support the endocannabinoid system. Before we close this out, is there anything else that you would like to add to this for the listeners as far as the endocannabinoid system and how it helps us be a healthier life and lead a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. Well, what I would say is that there's a lot of people that they're hearing about CBD and they want to try it out, but they're really nervous because they don't want to get high. And in general, I would just try and like do a little market research, try and make sure you're getting a good brand with all those points that I talked about before, like you should be able to call the company up and ask them if they have a certificate of analysis, ask them maybe if they're, they sell other supplements, you know, um, ask if they're, you know, interested in non-GMO labeling or, or being organic. And, you know, maybe they don't have a label, but you can hear that their sincerity, that they want to make a good product out there. Like just basically do your research and I would say that, like, go for it. 
You know, the general rule for taking CBD is to go low and slow, meaning you want to do a very low dose for a certain amount of days before going up to the next higher dose. Some people will say the other thing, like, just, you know, go ahead and take a, a, a big dose and see if it has an effect on you. Make sure that you're like, you know, you're not like having to, to uh, be at work that day. Like you want to be kind of relaxed and, and see, see, you know, be in a good environment, take a high dose of it, see how it affects you and then go down and work up to it from there. So if you want to experiment, go for it. It's safe. Nobody's ever died from it. Just try to get a clean brand and in general, go low and slow. If you really want to see what the effect is, go high. It's not going to hurt you. So like meaning there's no pun intended, meaning go at a higher dose, see how it affects you and then, and then start again, low and slow. I think one thing that I wanted to add before we close too, is that there's one place in the body we don't have CB, CB receptors. And that is in your brainstem. Oh, and, this is interesting. Yeah, and which is why it's almost it's impossible to have a lethal do- overdose on cannabis. Oh, that's great, Tom. I didn't know that's why. I was I was I, I, I when I was researching for this, I found that I'm like, well, that's interesting. So I went down that rabbit hole for a while to find out more. Yeah. And, okay. So yeah, we're protected against, you know. I mean, because it's there's no CB receptor CB receptors in our brainstem, so therefore it's impossible. Nobody's ever over. And that's why nobody's ever overdosed on cannabis. Okay, that's amazing. That's great. So we're meant to have it, and we're meant to not overdose right. on it. And no one ever has. So that's a beautiful thing. And one place I was I was looking up this. I just was looking this up while you were talking of closing out here. But lab. What, what do you think a lab door? Uh, for have you ever been to labdoor.com to check out supplements? Oh, is it okay? So it's like a system that ranks ranks the best <laughs> supplements, and supposedly they put them through a test. Like you can go there for uh, B complexes, biotin, calcium, and but now they have CBD oil in here as well. Oh wow! Okay, that's great to know. So they rank. They grade, I don't know how reliable it is, though. That's the only thing. I don't know if this is a reliable source, but I'm going to dig into it a little bit and I'll put that in the show notes, too. Is that, I mean, it gives you a little, like CBD, there's like got a, a, they, a, a couple A's, a couple B's, and then a C, and then a D grade one. Wow. Okay. That's really great. I didn't know about that. I don't um, know if it's a good, I don't know if it's a reliable site. I just, I, yeah. I, I went there before to check out some vitamins, like I was, Going down a rabbit hole with one of my clients at one point had was getting her supplements from Kroger, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, let's let's see if this is this if this supplement actually is worthwhile. So I went, I found that site. Yeah, that might be a great asset. Yeah, just I guess we just have to check on Labdoor. <laughs> you know, we just have to kind of call them up and make sure that they're really a reliable source. Well, yeah, exactly, I, and they say. On their website, that if they don't have, if they haven't tested it, you're welcome to submit it. You can submit that you ask them for testing. No, I don't know if they'll do it or not, really. But that's great. Yeah, so, it seems like a good um, business. 
I, I would, I, I really like to know the validity of Flabdor. Yeah. Are, are they, are they paid by somebody or sponsored by somebody or are they, you know? Yeah. So it might just be, you know, a call. Right. So bef- I wanted to say happy Mother's Day to you before we close out. Oh, thank you, Tom. I, I hope you enjoy that. your weekend. Yeah, thank you. I just actually um, wrote a blog on my website, Tom. Can I just give them out my Absolutely. website? Called um, drselassie.com. And it's the doctor spelled out. So it's D O C T O R S E L A S S I E. And I just posted a blog about bone health for all your, you know, elderly mommies out there. Maybe not even elderly, maybe. Maybe um, beautiful young mothers out there whose bones you're really concerned about. So maybe you all can go to my website. And read Absolutely, it. I'll put that on. I'll put that in the link. I'll put that in the show notes. Your website. Well, thank you for joining me once again. I appreciate these little talks we have. Yeah, I really, I really um, am honored that you've had me on your as a guest so many times, Tom. If you if you keep asking me, I'm going to keep coming. I enjoy <laughs> it. Well, there's always something to talk about in this field, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to um, just show all the listeners my gratitude. Like I do offer a free 15-minute phone consultation. I do also have a couple CBD blogs up there on my website too for your listeners. <laughs> Hey, uh, have a good weekend. Is it going to rain? How's the weather up there this week? Yeah, it's going to rain. I really wanted my family to take me for a um, picnic, but it looks like it's going to be rainy. Yeah. So it's going to rain here too. So yeah, and when I get up to Brooklyn, let's go have some coffee. Yeah, let's do it, Tom. I love, okay. I love that. I should be up there soon. So, all right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, and thank you, and thank you for blessing me with this honor to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for blessing me with Rebel Health Coach. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.